0: Walking down the street and you see a little ghost. What? What you gonna do about Ghostbusters? What what? What is that? That's the Ghostbusters theme song. No.
1: Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. The following episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. I'm Ben Groves, and today we're joined with the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Rudy. Rudy's joining us from Drinks in <laughs> okay. the Movie podcast. I listen to, dude, I listen to your podcast when I'm driving around the country for work, all the fucking time.
0: Oh, dude, I'm glad. Thanks for that, man. <laughs> it's it's so
1: entertaining, man. I've been listening to uh, your last few episodes recently. You've done a few interviews recently as well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did um one with an actor from one of my favorite movies, American Me. He was also in a Stand and Deliver and the action-packed white-knuckle thrill ride, which is Speed. Nice. So that was a that was a fun one that came out recently, and I'm trying to line up a few more, but. I'll, I'll keep those names to myself until I know they're locked in and uh, <laughs> recorded before I say anything, because... That's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking
1: forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. So you are the host of Drinks in the Movie podcast. Yep. And the concept behind that podcast is you pair a an alcoholic drink with the movie that you're watching and covering for that episode, and you kind of do a little bit on both, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just combining my um my two passions.
1: I love that, man. I love that. So I've, I've recently gone sober. So I'm sober three months, three months and one week to the day. So I'm oh, living shit. vicariously through your podcast at the moment. So you're telling <laughs> me in detail what you're drinking. And I'm like, God, that sounds good. I'm just going to stick to this little, this little ginger beer here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, good for you though, man. That's, that's good. There's um, Thanks man. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, for me, I, I tend to mostly at this point, I feel like I only really drink when I'm recording, you know, so that's that's good. I I don't get too out of hand with it, but I'm having some, um, actually at the moment, because, you know, it's pretty late here. I think it's good yeah, to have yeah. a nightcap and loosen up for this discussion. I'm drinking some Old Forester 1920. It's 115 proof, so it's enough for, for both of us. Okay, okay. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, today
1: we're going to be covering the 1984 fucking absolute masterpiece that is Ghostbusters. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, like all time. Um, I remember as a kid watching this, having sick days from school, uh, waking up and being like, fuck, I feel like shit. But at least I get to watch Ghostbusters on repeat for like the next six hours. It's going to be great. (laughs) um and that's kind of how i've like grown up with it and still now like in my 30s i'll put this on at least once a month uh and just sit and enjoy it watch it with family watch it with friends it's just it's one of those movies that you can continuously revisit and it never gets old
0: damn all right are you serious once a month you'll watch this
1: oh easy easy if i'm ever like like, if i get in from work and i've had a long day and i just need to turn my brain off or i need to i need to like I don't know, just have a couple hours where I can sit and relax and not have to think about anything. I can put this on because I know it, you know, just, I don't know, it's like a comfort blanket, man. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Like, I feel, I'm trying to think, like, there's not any movies I really have that way. Because I feel like if I'm going to throw it on, I have to sit and watch it. But I know I've been guilty of it sometimes. Um, But yeah, this one, and I'm glad we're doing it. I'm interested in in talking about it with you since it's so... um, Important to you because mm-hmm. for me I I was never really into this movie as a kid not that I didn't like it. I never disliked it, I never hated it, but okay. I honestly don't think I ever saw it straight through top to bottom I remember like we had the tape my brother got it for my older brother He's like three two or three years older than me. I don't know. We're not that close, but mm-hmm. um He I remember him getting the tape for his birthday or something. So every once in a while he'd be he'd be watching it and I'd I'd catch um bits and pieces. But a few days ago was I think literally the first time I like threw it on and I sat and watched the whole entire thing. And you know, obviously as an adult at this point, mm-hmm. and I thought it was great. It was very entertaining. I love all the characters, I love the vibe, I love the music. Um yeah, all, all of it, man. It's it's hip. And I completely see like why this is such a big deal for some people growing up like in that era, even people older than us, you know what I mean? that we like adults in 84 and all that. A hundred percent, man, this, this movie, I'm so jealous of you
1: that you get to watch this <laughs> for the first as, time. <laughs> like, yeah. It's for the first time as a fully formed adult. Cause I think yeah. <laughs> the older I get, like I'm watching it again, there's, there's bits that I missed as a kid and there's like slightly adult jokes that are yeah. kind of like layered in there. Because it's almost a kids' movie, right? Like it's almost a kids' movie, but for adults.
0: Yeah, and it's rated PG, right?
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just PG. It's it's crazy, man. The the way that it's the way that it's made is it's got something for everyone. Yeah. It doesn't matter what age you are, it doesn't matter whereabouts you are, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from, it has something for everyone. Yeah. I think that's what I love about it being like so inclusive. But to watch it for the first time as a fully grown adult, fuck me, that must have been amazing.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was good, man. It was it was super hip, and it and I like to go and check it out because you know as a kid, when when you watch a lot of movies as a kid, like say even Indiana Jones, right? I'm sure we both grew up with that. Yeah, it's yeah. like you don't really know, like wh- like why are they doing these things? What's the mission? It's like you don't pay attention to that shit. You just are along for the ride and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah but yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. funny because I watch it as an adult and I'm like, oh, all right, like. Yeah, why did they start this business? How did this happen? Yeah. So it's 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 funny to kind of see all that stuff. And and one thing I noticed that I was talking to my brother about this cuz I told him I was watching it um in prep for this and for the new movie. Mm-hmm. Is I man, I just I love the way movies and characters and everything just seem so much more free back then than they are now. And it's it's it's, it's stuff like this. Now you know your main characters have to be so perfect and likable and lovable and like flawless, but I like that these guys. You know, just like Bill Murray is like a little bit of a scumbag, right? He's funny, he's like charming, I, yeah. but he's, he's definitely he's, a scumbag. He's, he's, he's scummy, yeah. And then <laughs> you know, I love like this is one thing is when they lose their um their lab at the school, like they they stop their funding and they get kicked out of their their, their school lab there at like mm-hmm. the university of Columbia or whatever. And when they're just on the steps, like talking about what they're going to do next of the school, like out in public and they're just drinking out of that little bottle of like <laughs> yeah, whiskey yeah, yeah. Or whatever, <laughs> <and> just like <laughs> drinking. And it's like, man, like, and it's, it's so, I, I feel like kind of relatable and just so real, like you wouldn't see that now that would yeah, never exist. And, and even when they're, when they're in the hotel, you know, trying to catch Slimer, like the first big yeah, yeah, ghost yeah. they get, and like they're just walking around. Dan Aykroyd's got the cigarette in his mouth walking around this hotel. I just, I just love that shit. It makes it so much more like just, I feel human and real and relatable. And I, I miss, you know, just seeing characters like that, you know?
1: It's a rarity these days that you get someone that you can genuinely relate to. I think it's cause. Uh, society back then focused on like the working class heroes you know what i mean right like right. it wasn't all about being like the prettiest or the the musliest or the strongest or anything yeah, like this yeah. it was just getting shit done like just do what you need to do for you and that was mm-hmm. kind of like the message that, that this whole movie sends man the, the like you said murray's scummy right he's a fucking psychologist that is a psychologist to hit on women like yeah, that's the pure yeah. reason that he's got two PhDs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you've got like Spengler, who is an absolute genius, but is completely void of any sort of social understanding whatsoever. Right. He yeah. find, he, he views human interactions as like a study. Yeah, um, yeah. And I I love that about him. So he's kind of he's he's utilizing <laughs> Murray's scumminess. To sort of navigate his way through uh society then you've got stance who is this kind of lovable genius idiot mm. but he's a <laughs> genius at the same time do you know what i mean yeah yeah it's so fucking good and then you've got uh zederman who's just yeah pay me pay me enough money i'll believe whatever you tell me that's fine yeah that's I'll uh
0: winston you're talking about right now yeah yeah yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah man it's it's i don't know like you say it's just purely relatable it's all relatable but even to the end murray's just still trying to pull That's his whole yeah. mission throughout this whole movie. Just Dana yeah, Barrett. Yeah. He just like, wants to pull Dana Barrett. There's nothing yeah. else going on. <laughs> like the the Goza thing, the Zool thing, that's all like a minor inconvenience. His main yeah. mission.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I love when he first goes to to see her out, outside of when he investigates her house. Or I think this is the first time he sees her when he's in the apartment and she's explaining the <laughs> phenomenon she witnessed. Yep. And he's not really like listening and he's just like, I'm in love with you and this and that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> God damn, dude. Like... All right, like, that that's something you definitely won't see nowadays. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. Can you imagine him hero doing a, that? Yeah, <laughs> Like for a real. fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's another thing, man, Sigourney Weaver. Like, I do have to say, when I was a kid, man, massive crush on her in this movie. Same. Uh, massive when she's possessed. I don't know, man. I'm sorry, but let's Dude, keep it real here.
1: <laughs> don't apologize, man. I fell in love with Sigourney Weaver in Alien, right? And I was, yeah. like, I was young when I saw that movie. So all the way through like from the age of like seven or eight years old all the way through until like teenage years i've got like the biggest fucking crush on sigourney weaver yeah (laughs) biggest crush those two people from my childhood who i was like in love with as a kid and that's dizzy from starship troopers and sigourney weaver from every movie that i saw her in
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well it's funny like i saw alien long after her in this movie yeah and Oh my god, she's so great, and I love her in that movie. But that almost made me feel like, man, I can't... Like, I'm not good enough for her.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm
0: not good enough for Ellen Ripley, dude. She's so badass in that film, yeah. man.
1: If, if, if you watch it nowadays, whenever I go back and watch Alien, I'm like, just fucking listen to her. She gets it right at every single point. Oh, yeah. Every single possible moment that she could be right she is right she's right yeah do you she know has what i mean it mm-hmm. it's so fucking insane man just yeah. she's the she's one of the most badass women that has ever done cinema you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah i i don't know i feel like she doesn't get enough credit somehow still maybe that's just me i don't know it's like yeah she, she's she incredibly like that.
1: underutilized man she is literally one of the most badass women that has ever existed in cinema and everyone's fine with it just you know her appearing here and there cabin in the woods man i lost my shit when she showed up
0: at the end of cabin in the woods that was tight yeah you know as the director or whatever yeah yeah yeah.
1: she's at the end of paul she shows up for like 10 minutes makes the whole movie yeah you know what (laughs) i mean (laughs) wow
0: i completely forgot about that one
1: exactly it's crazy man um but yeah she is fucking incredible but
0: this this the cast in
1: this film as well you're never going to get casts like this like ever you've got like uh people from SNL, you've got classic comedians that are at like peaks of their career. It's it's insane. Rick Moranis in this is fucking insanely funny, man. <laughs> yeah. Insanely funny. I can't get over how good he is in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um my favorite, he's probably my favorite part in this movie, you know, by a okay. long shot. The fact that uh the guy that keeps getting locked out of his apartment becomes the key master. The mm-hmm. irony there just fucking cripples me every time i'm that's funny i
0: i never even thought of that (laughs) did you see what i mean (laughs) never would have connected that
1: (laughs) consistently getting locked out becomes the key master it's fucking amazing man
0: well i just i just i love that shit too when he's like running away from the um the the demon dog thing when he's like Get oh that yeah, great yeah, shot yeah, when yeah. he's like banging on the window of the <laughs> restaurant and everyone just looks and he's like ah yeah. and he's like sliding down the glass and they just all ignore him it's, it's so fucked up oh man and when he when he finally connects with um sigourney later on in the building mm-hmm. and he's just like so much smaller than her and she like manhandles him it's that's <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous
1: oh god i fucking love him so much man He's an uncredited writer for this film as well, isn't he? Really, I didn't yeah, even yeah. know that.
0: Yeah, and so this was. Um, I mean, uh, Harold Ramis was like the the singular writer of this movie, right? Uh, Dan Aykroyd as well. Oh, both of them. Okay, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's, it was originally Dan Aykroyd's idea, and then him and Harold sort of uh, ran away with it.
0: Okay. And then a lot of ad-libbing in the movie from what I was reading, like everything. Loads of ad-libbing. Uh, yeah. There's
1: tons of jokes in there where Murray and um, Ramis are just chatting shit. You know, when they're yeah. in the library and uh, uh, Bill Murray's like, oh, this reminds me of that time that you tried to drill a hole in your head. And uh, Harold Ramis is like, that would have worked if you hadn't yeah, been in my way. Yeah. Yeah. It's all ad-lib <laughs> stuff, man. It's all just like random shit that they filmed and then just just kind of put together in the end. Yeah. I love that though. It's literally like comedic freedom. Just do what you want and then get it out. And then what you're left with is genuine, fucking little gems of like off the cuff witticisms that you wouldn't necessarily get nowadays. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, the, the attitudes and then the dynamic between all the characters is pretty great. Of, of course, Murray standing out with like his kind of his jokes and his kind of dryness of it like i like when they're in the library and there's like the the goo and he's just <laughs> like oh. wiping his hands <laughs> on, like, on, on all the books and he's and trying to like flick see, it they, and shit yeah and when they see like the stack of books and and spengler and uh stance are like all amazed by and like yeah. well they did the the books in a vertical pattern or whatever and he's like yeah wow who would have who would do such a thing <laughs> yeah it's who not would like stack any. books this way yeah wow it's not oh. like
1: any human would ever stack a book this way.
0: This is hot, Ray. Symmetrical book stacking, just like the Philadelphia Man's Turbulence of 1947. You're right. No human being would stack books like this. I, I was gonna say I, I forgot like how great that opening was too. I remember it genuinely freaking me out as a kid. The whole with the the lady in the library. Yeah. And it's all dark and stuff's getting moved around, and then when the light just like like flashes on her and she screams and it cuts to the title it's creepy as oh, so shit good. man it's a yeah. creepy
1: opening for like for a, for a goofy movie Do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i remember seeing this literally my my brother and my sister showed me this when i was maybe i don't know seven or eight years old and uh that was it from then on the vhs the vhs tape was fucking it, it wore thin you know where it starts to get crackly over yeah, certain yeah. scenes there was there was the, the tape was wearing out it just it all went to shit and then i remember uh when dvds came out and do you remember back in the day when dvds used, you used to have to flip them over halfway through the
0: movie yeah yeah i still have a couple like that i still got i've got
1: starship troopers which i need to flip over halfway through yeah <laughs> it's super annoying but it's all now it's part of the experience you know what i mean yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that on dvd i don't think i've ever watched it i've seen the movie before but okay. i haven't watched my dvd of it and i honestly only have it because it came i think with my dvd of district nine it was like a two-pack i got at walmart or some nonsense It's a fucking great two-pack what the fuck why isn't that released over here yeah <laughs> <don't> know, <laughs> that's amazing yeah i was like all right cool i got starship troopers now I-, I should probably watch that sometime soon again
1: dude let's do a starship troopers episode man oh i'm down i'll do that that's probably like this that's up there in my top five movies. yeah and
0: that's one of those movies that like actually has some shit to say right like it's i know a, that like, people quite got it at the time but
1: it's a crazy satirical like right. commentary on the military complex but no one really got it everyone saw it as like a cheap shitty sci-fi knockabout yeah but it is poignant (laughs) man like (laughs) yeah but yeah we'll have to get into that man definitely definitely this this movie though the ghostbusters is rated 7.8 on imdb and 97 on rotten tomatoes and now i don't trust rotten tomatoes at all because they are wildly inaccurate with like handfuls of movies that are very dear to my heart but i feel that this one they're getting it right you know what i mean <laughs> on imdb
0: yeah this is like in the top the top imdb is like top 250 greatest movies of all time probably yeah yeah, yeah. definitely well, I, I know i'm familiar with your stance on rotten tomatoes too because mm-hmm. i listened to your your tremors episode oh yeah and i remember yeah, yeah. you being kind of upset with maybe both of these websites <laughs> actually which man i've been like i i need to do a tremors episode that's one i've been wanting to do Dude. for a while but i keep putting it aside that that is another great movie live from the crypt
1: Budget on this thirty million. Box office two hundred
0: and ninety five million. All right, that's a good good turnout. I see yeah. why they made a sequel.
1: One hundred percent, man. This was the highest grossing comedy of all time until Home Alone came out.
0: I I saw that. Yeah, which is mm. yeah, that's so crazy.
1: I think it's fucking genius, man. Like everything around this film was amazing. A, the the merchandising possibilities because mm-hmm. it appealed to everyone were endless. Like literally endless.
0: Yeah, and there was like two two different animated series too. I think, right? There were, there were. I, I think so. Like one in the eighties, and I'm pretty sure there was another animated series, like in the in the in the late nineties, early two thousands, maybe.
1: There's the real Ghostbusters, which I've got all of, and the other one I haven't seen anything of. But um, the real I, I Ghostbusters could be wrong, but, yeah. are amazing. I'm gonna look it up. Two animated series, both debuting in 1986. Both containing the title of the hit movie. Well, that doesn't tell me. Oh, Oh, yeah. One's called Ghostbusters. The other one's called The Real Ghostbusters. I hadn't seen (laughs) Ghostbusters, but I I have seen The Real Ghostbusters, and it's amazing. (laughs) Um,
0: It makes... They came out at the same time. That's funny. So it makes sense that one of them is called the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, someone yeah. who was actually involved <laughs> with the movie for real was like, yeah, nah, fuck that. This is yeah. the real show. You've
1: got the real Ghostbusters and the bootleg Ghostbusters. like the ones, That's so good. you know what That's I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about, man, that, that firehouse. Like and th- th- these are like key things. I remember as a kid, like that firehouse, mm-hmm. them sliding down the pole and Ecto one, the coolest looking car besides like the batmobile you know what yeah. i'm saying like that's a car i wish i had the ecto-1 that little crazy weird siren sound it's just that car was just so hip i don't know man there's a couple like, of if them. i was a billionaire i would make a replica of that car
1: i easy. found one for sale in the uk a little while ago i'm just going to double check to see whether it's still available <laughs> um but there was one in the UK and it was a complete replica same uh, same siren same everything it's got all the it's it's like movie accurate and it looked Crazy. fucking amazing man the car in this movie is like mind blowing as soon as you hear that siren that is it man that uh, we were running through school we were all making that siren noise we were all running around <laughs> pretending that we could all see ghosts hanging in trees you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah it's amazing man it's like a universal thing it became as recognizable as like genuine police cars you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah
0: no for sure for sure it's just
1: fucking mental for like you know two two movies from the 80s that are still relevant today it's crazy yeah. that firehouse is uh used to used to be like a proper tourist hotspot and then they had to coordinate off because people were chipping away the brickwork to take home a piece of the ghostbusters firehouse <laughs>
0: of course they were you know what i mean (laughs) this is why
1: this is why we're not allowed near the pyramids anymore because people keep taking bits of it home like what are you going to do with it put it on your windowsill what's that it's a bit of the ghostbusters firehouse great
0: (laughs) well done i got this piece of brick from the yeah 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 yeah, from the ghostbusters (laughs) house yeah sure man cool good good for you
1: but yeah the whole the firehouse scene is amazing where you've got venkman uh spengler kind of like leans into venkman's you know underselling here, being sort of like, well, this is shot, this is shot, this is shot, we need to rewire everything, it needs to be condemned. And then you've got the childlike innocence of Stance running around the place, super fucking excited, he's just triple mortgaged his house, You know what I mean? So he's like, fuck it, I need to spend my money. (laughs) We need to get this back now. So he's coming flying down the pole. Yep, we'll take it, I'm gonna get my stuff. This is fucking perfect.
0: Yeah, he's like, we're staying tonight or whatever. There's office space, sleeping quarters, and showers on the next floor. And there's a full kitchen on the top level. It just seems a little pricey for a unique fixer-upper opportunity, that's all. What do you think, Eon?
1: I think this building should be condemned. There's serious metal fatigue in all the load-bearing members. The wiring is substandard. It's completely inadequate for our power needs. And the neighborhood is like a demilitarized zone.
0: Hey, does this pole still work? Wow, this place is great. When can we move in? You've got to try this pole. I'm going to get my stuff. Hey, we should stay here tonight. Sleep here, you know, to try it out.
1: I think we'll take it. Good. The whole fucking, like, dynamic in that scene is hilarious. Because it kind of shifts, man. You get to see Stance's really playful side. Mm -hmm. Which I guess you, you see periodically throughout the film. The next time that you really see his, like... Childish innocence is when he accidentally summons the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, when, they, when, they just, <laughs> when they just look at him, he's like... I tried to think of the most harmless thing. Something I loved from my childhood. Something that could never, ever possibly destroy us. Mr. Stay Puft. Nice thinking,
1: right? It's the fucking stay puff marshmallow it's so cute and so innocent yeah just it's amazing
0: it's so fucking good i love i love when bill murray says something about like well it's all right he's a sailor he's in new york we just got to get him laid we've been going about this all wrong this mr stay puffed is okay he's a sailor he's in new york we get this guy laid we won't have any trouble (laughs) Yeah.
1: oh man it's so fucking good the bit the bit that really gets me is when the ghostbusters are like now busy they're busy they're they're kicking off and you've they've got now now they've got like the government agencies the epa the you know the police the the mayor of new york they're looking at them as if to go well you guys go into business and then now we have a ghost infestation so what's going on there you know, yeah. what I mean, they don't really link the fact that like the scientists have spent th- the last fucking however many years focusing on this weird ass research that no one gave a shit about so that right, when the time right. rose up, they could just like dive into it. But the EPA like rock up and you've got a guy who shows up and is literally, he's literally turning off the containment system and he's just an absolute dickhole, absolute dickhole turns off the containment system this man
0: has no dick yeah best that's the best line in the movie dude i I lost it in that moment it's 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 like this serious this very serious moment and he's just like what they're saying is true this man has no dick (laughs) (laughs) i am walter peck sir and i'm prepared to make a full report these men are consummate snowball artists They use sense and nerve gases to induce hallucinations. People think they're seeing ghosts. And they call these bozos who conveniently show up to deal with the problem with a fake electronic light show. Everything was fine with our system until the power grid was shut off by dickless here. They caused an explosion. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick.
1: The dynamic between him... Uh, what's his name? Walter Peck. Between Walter Peck and fucking Venkman is incredible. Incredible. I've got the novelization and it kind of goes into it a little oh, bit more. Walter, Walter Peck is supposed to be like okay. this real stiff, like a proper, you know, like kind of short stiff who's willing to write reports and everything rather than just get shit done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when they're in that moment and they're presenting, to, they're presenting to the mayor and the judge and the the archbishop, and uh walter peck is supposedly to bring out like a 50 page document which is a report and everyone's like what the fuck do you want us to do with this there's like ghosts all over town i had a ghost in my shower this morning you want to turn in a fucking midterm paper yeah okay (laughs) and then that's that's the final bit when venkman turns around and he's like this man has no dick yeah it's like the final swaying (laughs) point
0: man i i did I, i did think it was interesting um that's so much of it, like their adventures and everything is in that mm-hmm. montage, like you were talking about, where, yeah, yeah. you know, after first they do the hotel thing with, with, with Slimer or whatever, don't cross the streams, you know, we set that yeah, and yeah. they like completely like destroy this place. And they're just like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. It's going to cost $3,000, another 2000 for <laughs> containment and this fee. And, and he's just, oh, well, you can't pay it. We'll just put them right back there. <laughs> like, that's it man and then from there yeah you go into this this um montage and that's really i feel like a large bulk of the the movie somehow you know is that moment i'm not saying it's bad or anything but i just wasn't quite expecting that i was thinking i was going to see a like little a lot more, a lot quicker more, than it, than more it ghost been. catching yeah yeah definitely
1: yeah. like it literally it literally sums up the uh, like a few months yeah. in in a few seconds and just goes look this is what happened from here on out <laughs> Uh, and now they're ready to tackle Zool in Dana Barrett's fridge. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's caught up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They went from being like broke last meal, like Mm -hmm. uh, to being in time magazine and all that stuff.
1: (laughs) Nationwide celebrities, man. Nationwide celebrities. I love that they left it until like the time magazine feature, the fact that the phone is ringing off the hook. Janine's worked for two weeks without a break. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. And they waited until that point to hire a fourth Ghostbuster. Rather than being sort of like, yeah, okay, so maybe it's not just New York, let's just get a fucking huge amount of people in (laughs) to take all of this, right? And even then, they don't hire another receptionist, they just leave Janine on her own. (laughs) They're like, yeah, yeah, you can do it, you're fine, don't worry. Live from the Crypt. This movie's iconic for like so many fucking reasons. A, the music, Mm -hmm. not just the the title track by Ray Parker Jr., which is the first vinyl that I ever bought from a charity shop, which was great um but also the the kind of like playful the playful background music in most of the scenes like they've just been evicted from you know they've been kicked out of the university their jobs are, are their jobs are complete uncertainty they've got no fucking clue what they're doing and you've got this really like kind of like da 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 yeah. music bobbing around <laughs> in the background it's so playful like in a juxtaposition to how serious and how fucked they are like <laughs> as people you know yeah. what i mean
0: yeah like they're they're losing everything yeah and, and put it putting it all, all on the line like you know like we said when they mortgage uh dan Aykroyd's house <laughs> to to make this thing happen yeah it's it's funny it's that kind of stock music of the time right like i feel like you can put that those little melodies in so many different movies and it would work and i'm not going to get too sidetracked with this but i really like that they incorporated that same music and style in the newest movie in afterlife
1: Uh, in the newest movie the Mm. when you mentioned about the library scene in the beginning um and the joke about no human would stack books this way uh the book stack in the new movie is the one from the library (laughs) yeah yeah it's in like the 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 living room yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. there's tons of those little (laughs) things man like all the fucking little references the soundtrack is identical yeah, in the new movie, and I fucking loved that about yeah, it's it. Yeah, that's good. It is so good. We'll get more into that, like when we when we do the the third part mm-hmm. of this series. But one hundred percent, we need to sort of mention that that continues throughout the franchise. Yeah, apart from that one movie that we won't talk about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I miss the era of these kinds of of movies. You know, it's like it's such an odd tone. It's like Gremlins, right? Where mm-hmm. You have this like PG family friendly movie and then it turns very dark and there's like there's some crazy shit going on in Gremlins, man. Like it's and I always try to think like, what was it like to be like a young kid or a teenager or an an adult when that came out and you like went to go watch that, you know, and not that this takes a massively dark turn. But again, it's like you're dealing with ghosts and there is some spooky stuff and creepy stuff. And the end of the world is is you know at hand right now and but you still have all this 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 great humor in it yeah just i know this is such a stock thing to say but it's you know they just don't make them like that anymore they really
1: don't make them like this anymore man they don't it's everything these days has got um i don't know it's an almost materialistic undertone i always find it man i always find you look at comedies these days like uh, it's it has the very sort of Everything's big, everything's beautiful, everything's like very upper middle class, you know what I mean? And everything Mm. is always pristine and pretty and all this shit. But then you go back to here and it's just four dudes living in a fucking messy apartment, um, running around chasing goopy ghosts and zombies and shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's It's a weird one, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know when the change occurred either. I guess it was like 90s to early 2000s. There was like a shift, I guess. Yeah cuz 90s comedies man they they became fucking rarer and rarer
0: yeah yeah every every decade it's just like there's yeah there's suddenly almost like an overnight like over a year change you know and just and everything and and especially now more than ever
1: do you think it's down to us becoming like more technologically advanced so the options to do more like cgi and and bigger things and more money on movies so we can do bigger things with bigger sets in bigger places do you think that had an impact on genuine people writing these types of like you know little little love stories about new york city
0: yeah i i think it did for a while i feel like we're getting over it to where now it's becoming hip to do practical effects again mm-hmm. you know like the last several years like maybe even a, a decade i don't know but I, I I would say that. Like, I, I think that is the case where people were leaning into the CGI thing too much. And e- even that aside, just like the societal changes, right? And like how everything is, and I, I'm trying not to get too into this, but yeah, yeah. how everything just like, you know, really kind of, I, I feel almost overly PC and just, yeah, it's, it's literally just like the whole, like society just kind of, grew in a way that i don't think necessarily allows for the same kind of humor and stuff you know i mean you go back and watch this movie and i'll tell anybody like if you watch this movie just pay attention to the little jokes and everything i just Mm -hmm. I, i don't feel it really flies anymore and it's not that it's anything bad or outrageous but i'm completely with you man the whole the whole cancel culture at the minute is kind of it's
1: like you aren't allowed to ever make a mistake because you are judged for your imperfections, rather. You could do a million things right, but you do one dumb thing as a kid, done. Yeah. Ended. Yeah. Completely finished. But whereas this movie focuses on four flawed individuals mm-hmm. and celebrates that fact. yeah it doesn't, it doesn't shy away from it. It doesn't hide anything back. It doesn't pull back from the fact that they are imperfect and that they are their own people. And yeah, like some of, I mean, fucking, can you imagine... Uh, this movie coming out today with Venkman being the way that he is in in this movie (laughs) fuck me it would be cancelled within like 20 minutes of being released yeah there would be so many people upset with it it'd be unreal yeah
0: people yeah people wouldn't be into it because he wouldn't be a good enough guy right and that goes back to what we were kind of talking about when we started it is where now everybody has to be too, too perfect, too, too flawless, you know? And, and again, I was, you know, I mentioned, I was talking about that with my older brother and I even brought mm-hmm. up, I even brought up, I don't, I'm sorry, hopefully well, I'm not getting too off track here, but it all no, connects, no, no. right? It's like, I even brought up Han Solo in Star Wars and how like in the new editions they re-edited the scene where he does not shoot Greedo first, but oh, he my. gets shot at and then he like dodges it. And then he shoots him because they don't want him to be a bad guy. And it's like, no, he's a killer, dude. And yeah, everybody loved snuggler. him. Everybody loved him anyway. It's like, why are we changing it now? Let it be. Like that's what people are. Like I said, it's simple things. Like, you know, Stance walking around the hallway with with a cigarette in his mouth, like hanging yeah. out, and them getting scared and like almost blown away that that um that custodian in the in the hotel. You know, when she like comes out of the room, and they like blast her little cart. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she's like, "What the hell are you doing?" Or... <laughs> like, we have
1: to check whether she's real just by walking up and poking her, being like, "Okay, yeah. like, she's real. She's real."
0: Yeah, man, That's yeah. No, I, I
1: get I get what yeah. you're saying, man. It is it's cold. It's all kind of fucking. I just think everyone needs to calm down a little bit. You know what I mean? Just yeah. just everyone needs to relax. We need to go back. Maybe not go back. We just need to accept that everyone isn't perfect. This is why I can't get behind DC movies. I don't know what it is Mm. about the DC movie universe, right? But everyone is perfect. Everyone's like super buff. Everyone's pretty. Even the (laughs) fucking bad dudes are pretty. Do You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) I feel like I'm just watching a fucking film that's based on my high school bullies and it's celebrating them. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I watching this? Like, there's nothing relatable here.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> odd, the, I, I think the funny thing, too, and like, I guess maybe this is kind of ironic, right, is like you can probably show this movie to a kid nowadays mm-hmm. and I would think they would still enjoy it. Maybe not as much as like you may have or my brother may have, you mm-hmm. know, as as kids. Um, I mean, we both mainly grew up in the 90s, right? I think you and I are about yeah, yeah, the same yeah. age. Yeah, So maybe not as much, but I feel like, you know, you can show it to a kid or a teenager and they'll I think they'll enjoy it at least close to the same amount. I mean, I know I did right now, and I don't think they would ever even think about or consider those little character traits. It would just be funny. It would just work, you know?
1: Hundred percent man.
0: Yeah, man. Like it's still it still holds up so well. I think even the special effects, like there's some you know, wonky moments with like the demon dog things. I mean, it's yeah, 1984. Yeah. What are you going to do? But for the most part, like the librarian ghost look good. Slimer looks great, you know, in the way it's interacting with, yeah, with yeah. the food and all the physical objects, like it, everything looks really good. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, like it, it really holds up in, in terms of, Visual effects, man. Like, I love all really of well it, done. man.
1: I, I showed my, my nephew watched this very, very recently. He is uh, 15, 16 years old. He watched it recently, fucking loved it. Oh, yeah, uh, there you
0: go. Was it his first time?
1: That was his first time watching Dude, it.
0: Dude, all right, there you go. Yeah. And he, he fucking it loved is. it
1: to the point of where we went and watched the new movie yeah uh, at the cinema on opening night mm-hmm. and both walked out of there being sort of like, that was fucking incredible. Yeah, the, that's the first thing he said to me is he before the credits had even finished, he just leant over and went seven point five. I was like, "That's my fucking <laughs> nephew. That's good. That's good lad. That's good lad." <laughs> but um, but yeah, he watched it for the first time recently and fucking loved this movie. Again, though, like you're saying, it does hold up because the practical effects are practical effects. The staple of Marshmallow Man is a dude in a suit. You know yeah. what I mean? Three <laughs> yeah. three of those suits were made twenty grand a piece. All three of them destroyed
0: oh shit really yeah
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. so like you've got that going on slimer is a dude in a suit wearing fucking black leggings and like (laughs) wait really yeah yeah i gotta look that up god damn okay yeah man it's fucking weird when you look it up you see a dude running around in like a slimer costume yeah um but yeah it's all fucking it's all like practical mixed with the the visual effects you know what i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of effects that aren't even finished in this film um the director Ivan Reitman was like, "Look, there there is so many unfinished special effects. It's kind of shocking that it did so well, but they were in a rush to get it edited. They just needed it finished because it was, I think, it was like four hours off being released when oh, they finished really? everything. <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah, but yeah, there's loads of stuff that's unfinished. And like you're saying, hundred percent holds up today, man. Yeah." I think, yeah, I think even the bad stuff, it kind of gives you like a flash of nostalgia of how things were back in those days. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's completely forgivable, you know, yeah. for that reason. It's like, you, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's 1984. What, what are we going to do? But th- that's <laughs> like the key thing, right? Is it's like there's not many of those moments. Whereas exactly. if I were to watch... Star Wars episode one of Phantom Menace, the whole fucking movie oh, is man. those
1: outdated moments, you know? I, fucking, I can't get into that movie right now because this episode will <laughs> yeah, be sorry. like an hour We, we don't longer. have to, but that's at least that, but that point, right? Like, you know what I'm getting I, at? Or I even if you exactly watch like, what you mean
0: John Carpenter's Escape from LA, mm-hmm. they like relied too much on that stuff, yep. the CGI stuff, when it wasn't ready yet. And they put all their eggs in that basket, you know? And yep. I, I think that's the difference. That's where. In some cases, like, you can forgive it because there's a little bit here they had to, whatever. But, you know, if they put if they put everything into, like, oh, let's do the whole thing with some fucking bullshit CGI that we're not ready for, then no one would be fucking talking about this movie now, that's for sure.
1: I fucking love it, man. I just love it. I think it's it just gives me a blast of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Back in the 80s and 90s, you got that. I mean, you know that they're not shooting fucking proton packs like you know, nuclear rays at uh, ghosts. So to see like the goofy, bright colored, <laughs> fucking multicolored particles and shit all over this all over the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's just it just makes me feel like a kid again, man. It gives me that and, weird like childhood wonder.
0: Yeah. And and there's always something so cool about it, right? Like even for me as a as a kid that didn't see the movie all the way through and then mm-hmm. like like you said before, it's iconic, right? Yeah. You know the song, you know the image of it, you know Ecto one, you know the the logo, mm-hmm. the ghost with the the cross sign. Yep. And like, dude, the jumpsuits and the proton packs look so cool. Like as a kid, I wanted that shit. Like I want the Proton backpack thing, man. I still you know, want like, that. yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm an adult now so cool. and I've got
1: adult play money. So all I'm doing yeah. is I'm I have like a, a secret little bank account that I've got set away to buy either a full scale Xenomorph or <laughs> the like a like a movie quality proton pack. They're my they're my two options for that that tiny little savings account,
0: or Ecto One. Oh man, I mean Ecto.
1: Now Ecto One deserves like that's my primary bank account. That's a much bigger focus that needs to happen immediately.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never needed anything more than that car.
1: Can you imagine pulling up to anywhere in that car and oh, just be not being ass. able to park wherever you want? It'd be incredible. Because who's gonna question you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fighting ghosts. Get, get off my back, man. <laughs> Live from the crypt.
0: There's something about this this music in this moment that's, like, so heroic. Ah, man, I can't. It adds, like, an epic quality is when, you know, they're in the office talking to the mayor. Well, first, I love when they're in the jail and they have the map out and they're, like, talking about what's going to happen in the end of the world and all the, like, other...
1: inmates are
0: like just standing around like (laughs) watching them like holy shit like what's what's going on (laughs) but yeah but when they're talking to the mayor and they do they convince him like you know what like we need to go out and do this thing and they're like oh well what and he's like well i'll tell you what he's like if we're wrong then nothing happens and you fucking arrest us again but Mm -hmm. if we're right we save the world and so they let them go and like just the the music and the editing and it's kind of like it almost reminds me of like i don't know like rocky when he's going to get ready to to like fight like there's which, which yeah, movie yeah, yeah. am i thinking specifically i don't remember which one but you see it's like they have the police escort and it's epic and the ecto ones like coming down the street yeah, and they yeah, all yeah, get yeah. out and everyone's like cheering for them outside the building and the clouds are all like summoned around it it's like i don't know that and you can tell that they I think for the first time, like have a lot of fear, you know, oh, you about the tell. task at hand, like when they get out of the car and they're like, you know, going after him. And Bill Murray still has that like positive attitude, but you can just see it in, the, in their glances at each other that they're still like, they're kind of afraid of, Again, of, of what they're going to face off against this brings I, it I love back to the fucking moment. like
1: the relatable thing though you know what i mean it gives yeah. you like they've got no fucking clue what they're doing they've got no yeah. idea what they're fighting they've got no clue how to fight it they're just sort of like fuck we're here we've got lasers right yeah, <laughs> <Let's>, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure the rest out when we get up there and yeah. then they take the stairs and even taking the stairs on the yeah. way to save the planet they're like yeah. fuck me i need to throw up this is disgusting what yeah. are we on like 20
0: <laughs> yeah i forgot about that
1: <laughs> It's just everything about it is so fun because you could put yourself in that situation and it would be the same movie. That's the great thing about this. You yeah. could be there everyday working class average heroes. Yeah, they're smart, all right. They they've been to university. They they study the paranormal. They do this, that, and the other. But in the even in this day and age, you want to learn that shit. Everything's online. Every bit of information that you ever want to know about is in your pocket right now. Right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: can go be a Ghostbuster man. All <laughs> you got to do is study a little bit. And then just stand at the top of a fucking building being like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's just good. I mean, Stance has never, Stance has studied this shit for, you know, like years and years and years. And even in the library scene, when he's like, guys, I've got a plan. And then they all sneak out, and then he's like, get her. Okay. The usual stuff isn't working. Okay. I have a plan. I know exactly what to do. Now stay close.
0: As I say, get ready, ready, get her.
1: And that's his yeah. plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like... and, and even the, even then, with the library, goes like they get scared and they run off. It's just yeah. leave it. You know, like they never. They just leave it there. The dude's like, wait, what happened? What's going on? The guys chasing him out the library, yeah. being like, "What the fuck is it? Did you see it?
1: We'll get back to you."
0: You know, I, I love, too, when they're like, um, man, I'm trying to find, like, the, the quotes of everything um, Stance says, but when he goes to talk to Gozer or whatever, and then when it, I'm going to say it, because it can take on the form of whatever it wants. Yeah. And it's just like, are you a god? And he's like, uh, no. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're just like, dude, like if someone asks you that you say yes of course you say yes <laughs> oh yeah here it is 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 a duly designated representative of the city county and state of new york i order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension <laughs> I
1: fucking love it man do you know what i mean like he's prepped with that but his plan was yeah. get a <laughs> like
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah he's like like he's approaching it like he's a cop you know like he's the, yeah, yeah, on, like yeah. an honest cop man, and well, I that, like I how Venkman he... just looks at him and he's like mm. like yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks Ray thanks for that that was Venkman's
1: good Venkman's like a fucking PR con man and Stance is literally like well we need to be representatives of our earthly dimension you know yeah. what I mean like he's a fucking yeah. ambassador of earth it's it's incredible man just everything about it I fucking I love that you brought up the end bit where it is it is like a heroic moment. They're all like fucking yeah, the crowd's cheering. It's the last hope. It's humanity's last stand against the fucking demigod. And it's these four guys. <laughs> it's fucking amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I man, it, it talking about it now is making me feel like I gotta carve out time again to to, to watch it again like as soon as possible. Cause I'm telling you. I, I'm already feeling that I'm gonna like keep just liking it more and more. Like I completely understand why it's a, as iconic as it is and why it's mm-hmm. you know it, it is in the pantheon of greatest comedies and i'm sure a lot of would argue like greatest movies you know this is literally one of my top five movies
1: of all time of all time and it will forever stay there i think that's uh i think that's about it man what are you what are you going to rate this movie on a scale of zero to ten?
0: Zero to ten yeah. I'll, I'll give it the seven okay it's a solid mm-hmm. score, man. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I'm going to go nine and a half all the way through. Okay. It's almost perfect for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Nostalgia level through the fucking roof.
0: Well, I, I have to ask before we wrap this up and before mm-hmm. we, you know, because we're going to do the episode on Ghostbusters too, And I haven't watched that yet. That's another one that when I was younger, I saw bits and pieces of it. I remember that lava goo shit in the sewer. I remember the painting and that guy and the baby. Mm-hmm. I remember all that shit. Don't. I've never seen it all the way through, though. Okay. Is that going to be in your opinion is that as okay. good or just okay or significantly worse than the first movie?
1: It is still the Ghostbusters. It's a different villain, it's a slightly different setup. Uh, the comedy's still there, the nostalgia's still there, and just the fucking all-around good vibes are still there. What you got from this movie is in the next movie it's just in a, in a slightly different packaging
0: okay all right
1: i don't want to say too much man because if you haven't seen it all the way through yet i don't want to say anything because this stuff it still weirds me out like whenever i run a bath i still want to see the pink shit coming out of the taps. (laughs) like i'm a 33 year old man and i still want to see that shit like that's the effect it had on me so make from that what you will um
0: it's it's funny you say that because like all these memories came back of that specifically Mm -hmm. and i remember that being a fear was that that yeah lava goo shit in the in the yeah. Okay. Dude, I was
1: terrified as a kid whenever I went to get in a bath. Like it was uh, like whenever I went to run a bath, I would like fucking watch the tap (laughs) just in case. Yeah. Just in case. Because I didn't know what was going on in the sewers. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dude, thank you so fucking much for hanging out with me today, man. Thanks for for agreeing to do this as well. It's yeah, no uh, problem,
0: man. It's fun. I love talking movies.
1: Same. It's been too long as well. It's nice to have a catch-up.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man.
1: Uh Rudy, do you wanna give us your do you wanna tell us where we can find your podcast? Tell us a little bit about it. Tell us the the YouTube's up now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's been up for a while. I just um I I only do YouTube videos when I get kind of like a a a big interview with some kind of industry professional. Okay. Um so yeah, you can so Instagram at drinks in a movie pod, you know, Mm -hmm. as POD podcast. Um it's on I mean Apple it's on Apple like Apple iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, it's pretty much anywhere you get your podcast. And yeah, there's a YouTube channel you can look it up Drinks in the Movie Pod. So far like on there like I said I have the bigger guests, so I did an episode with cine- uh, cinematographer Andre Turpin who works with Xavier Dolan and worked with denny Villeneuve back in the day. Um you know, I did Daniel Vidal from um american me danny de la paz from boulevard nights american me i even did you know because there's a drink aspect too i talked with the the master distiller doug french of sierra norte uh, uh oaxacan whiskey so it's mexican whiskey which you don't really see very often and it's not a huge thing so i talked to that, nice, that master man. distiller and I'm, I'm working on some more interviews too and always trying to to get people on so you know and I, i've got a couple in the works like i said but i'm just kind of I, I try not to talk about it until I know it's locked in and the recording's done because things can go wrong. You know, I've I've lost yep. interviews with like really big people in the past. Dean Cundey, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Halloween, and it's <laughs> it's a bummer when it doesn't when it ends up not working out at the last minute. <laughs> so, oh man! Well,
1: either way, yeah. I'm fucking I can't wait to see the rest of them man it's gonna be good i've just got done with your fucking friday the 13th nightmare on elm street and <laughs> uh, freddy jason episode hell
0: yeah man those beers were bomb too
1: yeah camp <laughs> what was
0: it camp crystal haze yeah camp crystal haze uh hazy ipa and then um nightmare on dank street <laughs> yeah dude they, they were really good they were they were tight
1: honestly go and check out drinks in the movie podcast please do wherever you get your podcast go and give him a listen um, like follow subscribe rate do anything and everything that you can do because it is 100% worth your time I listen to I listen to your podcast on a fucking almost daily basis at the moment I'm doing a lot of driving for work it's a busy time of year so I just like to put it on and then it's such a good format as well it's a very sort of like relaxed conversational kind of piece there's no there's no real like uh, breaking down or getting too deep into a movie so you get me to a point where i want to go and watch the movie and then you leave me high and dry so then i have to go and watch the fucking movie you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah the yeah, worst it, thing it's... was is when you did it for fucking blair witch project man we did a we did a blair witch project episode for halloween and i had to watch the film and it sucked i listened to your <laughs> fucking episode and i was like fuck now i want to go watch it again but i know it's gonna suck you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and and then that's what's fun about it is, uh, yeah, because, I mean, I talk to different people every time. And there's a lot of, mm-hmm. like, repeating, recurring guests. But depending on who I talk to kind of determines, you know, how deep we get into the movie. Like, if I talk to another friend that's into camera shit, then we get more into cinematography. If I talk yeah. to someone who's, like, into whiskey as much as I am, then we talk you know, we might talk about what we're drinking for 20 minutes. So I think even earlier today, I recorded an episode on Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, nice, Um, man. Yeah. And I think it was 24 minutes. We talked about the whiskey we drank, which was um, a midwinter night's dram. And then we, you know, talked about the movie and it was my first time seeing that movie. So it was much like Ghostbusters. It was a, a fresh perspective. So it's always a mix. Sometimes it's stuff that. I grew up with that. I've watched a hundred times. Sometimes it's stuff that's completely new to me. So it's cool. I
1: love that, man. I love that.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for the support, dude. And thanks for having me again. It's always fun. Just chatting films, dude,
1: dude. Thanks for being here, man. And thanks for agreeing to do the, uh, the Ghostbusters series. We will be back for Ghostbusters part two next Sunday. And then the, the Sunday after that, we'll be back to cover afterlife the brand new ghostbusters movie yeah, and we yeah. will be both completely ignoring the ghostbusters 2016 movie so that's fun you know that's an episode yeah, that um, doesn't need to exist and won't exist so that's yeah fun. I, I don't need to watch it <laughs> yeah, you really don't you really yeah. don't
0: I, I appreciate you not making me watch that one. So. Oh man i
1: appreciate you not bringing it up it's awesome yeah. <laughs>
0: that's true All right, yeah that's good
1: <laughs> guys thank you so much for what for hanging out with us on the every movie ever podcast I'm Ben Groves I've been joined with Rudy from drinks in the movie podcast it's been an absolute fucking pleasure please like follow subscribe do whatever you need to do on whichever podcast platform you're on and join us next Sunday for Ghostbusters part 2 take care of yourself guys bye bye